Amen. Thank you, choir and musicians. Good morning, First Baptist. My name is Will Faison, and I am the youth pastor here. I've been here for a couple of weeks, and Cliff decided to gently push me in to the deep end and uh, let me preach to you all this morning. Uh, The first service, I had three penguins and a polar bear next to me, and this service, I have two teddy bears, so this is becoming a theme. Um, I tried to incorporate that in my sermon, and it just didn't work, so you'll have to bear with me. Today, we are going to be looking in the book of Ephesians. If you have your Bible, I would ask that you would open that and turn with me there. We will be in chapter 5. The title of my sermon this morning is going to be Walk in Love. I was going to name it A Walk to Remember, but that was a very cheesy 90s movie. Uh, There was a chick flick, and so I just couldn't do that. But um, this morning we will be looking at Ephesians 5, verses 1 to 2. You'll read along with me. It says 5, verses 1 to 2. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children... And walk in love, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. We know that the book of Ephesians was written by the Apostle Paul around 60 years after Christ's death and resurrection. And if you were following along with us while Cliff worked through the book of Acts, you would see that that Paul met the Ephesians on one of his missionary journeys And ended up spending nearly three years there making disciples and planting churches and discipling the church of Ephesus. Ephesus was a region known for idolatry, materialism, sensuality, and many other pagan practices. And although it is quite different from America today, I do believe that our culture is very similarly compared in that regard. Around us is a rampant spread of idolatry, materialism, and sensuality. But today what we are going to see is that Paul calls us to live counterculturally. That he calls us to live in opposition of the idolatry and the pagan practices around the world. And he calls us instead to live out a new identity. One of the themes of Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, as well as the rest of the book, is identity formation or identity transformation. Paul calls the believers to live out their faith. It is not something that just ends in belief, but it results in good works. And so as we read here today, and as we study these passages, we will see that this is exactly what Paul, calling the Ephesians to do, is calling us to do at First Baptist Church Dublin, to live out our lives that results in good works, not to gain salvation, but to glorify and honor the God and Father that we serve. Our first point this morning from the verses will be, we imitate God because we are His children. Let me read verse 1 back for us. It says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. Growing up, I always wanted to be like my father. He's here with us this morning. And uh, as many of you know, as a child, you believe that your parents hung the moon. Although that's a brief belief until you reach teenage years. (laughs) It does start that way when you are innocent. And growing up, I wanted to act and talk and be just like my dad. 
I wanted to be as tall as him and look like him and cut up like him. And one of the things that my dad has that many mature and wise younger men in this church have is a receding hairline. (laughs) And I did not know what this meant when I was a child. And so one time my mom took me to get a haircut and she asked me what kind of haircut I wanted. And I told her that I wanted an M in my hair like my dad. And most likely this resulted from my love for McDonald's and the Golden Arches. But little did I know, after explanation, she told me that that was not his haircut. That was God's blessing upon him. In the same way, when I was a kid, I used to see my dad shave. And obviously it didn't work very well for me. But he would shave, and I just thought it was the neatest thing ever, that he could put this stuff on his face, he could take this razor, and the hair would just go away. And so being good parents that they were, they one Christmas gave me a Teenage Ninja Mutant Turtles shaving kit with a metal case and shaving cream and a brush and the nicest all-plastic razor you have ever seen. (laughs) And basically, you would take this brush and you would put shaving cream on it and you rub it all over your face, and miraculously... The razor would take away all the cream and all the hair that was on your face. The reason I tell you both of these stories is to explain that even when we are children, we love to imitate others. We find people in our lives who we look up to and we want to be like. For me, it was my dad. I wanted his haircut. I wanted to be able to shave. For you, it may be someone else. But we all inside at a young age, want to be like someone we look up to. We want to talk like them, act like them, and even shave like them. And we will see in this passage this morning that this desire is actually a good thing. That it is a gospel thing, but we will also see that we are not called just to imitate our fathers on earth, but we are called to imitate God himself, our Father in heaven. And so as we look at Ephesians 5, 1, Paul commands us to be imitators of God, to look up to God and to live a life that looks and acts and speaks like him. Now, the beginning of this verse There's a word that says, therefore, whenever you see this, you always need to look back and see what it is there for. So Paul has just described the new life of the individual who is found in Christ. If you look at verses 4, 17 to 32, I'm not going to read them all because we're short on time. But to summarize, in verses 17 to 19 of chapter 4, Paul states that that we have an old self. There is a self that is before, before our life in Christ. Then in verses 20 to 24, he tells us that we have a new self. We have a new identity, a new life when we believe and accept Christ as Savior. And then this new life results in, in verses 25 to 32, specific commands. And these commands are either positive or negative, things to to do away with and things to, to chase after. And so Paul sums up all of these commands, this new life, this new self, this new identity, in these two verses. He says, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children. 
Paul is teaching us here that we imitate God because we are his children. This is the first point from the text this morning. Scripture is full of verses that speak of God's desire for us to have a wholehearted devotion for him. For us to live holy lives, to be holy because He is holy. But this passage today is the only time in Scripture that we are told to imitate God. The word that we get imitators from or imitate comes from the Greek word mimetai, which is also where we get the word, which sounds very familiar to us, is mimic. If you're on Facebook and saw on Chris and Keisha's Facebook the other day, they posted a video And Chris has a few sons, and one of them named Asher, in the video, is walking behind Chris. And Chris is on the phone with a friend, and he's talking with them. And you see Asher standing behind him with a toy phone, and he's copying Chris. Chris walks this way in the room, and and Asher follows behind him. Chris says, you know, we're so thankful for you. And Asher says, "We're, we're thankful for you. And he said, we love you guys. And you hear Asher say, we love you guys. And then Chris hangs up the phone, and Asher goes, beep, beep, beep. And hangs up his phone. (laughs) And how cute and innocent it is that even at a young age, he is looking to his father to imitate. And in the same way, Paul is calling us to do the exact same thing with our lives today. Not to look to our earthly father, not to talk on the phone like he does, but he is calling us to imitate who God is and what he does. Now, it's helpful for us to note that we are very different from God. That we cannot imitate God in everything, and Paul is not calling us to do this in this passage. He's not calling us to be omniscient, to to know all things. He's not calling us to be omnipotent, to be all-powerful. He's not saying that we can be infinite, or sovereign, or triune, or perfectly holy. But what Paul is calling us to is to imitate God's character what some would call his communicable attributes. He is calling us to display or bear the image of our Father in heaven. Now Paul is not original with this thought. If you turn back to Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 27, I'll read them for you. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. We are made in his image to imitate who he is. He has made us image bearers so that we can mimic our Father in heaven. Some believe imitation is a form of praise. Many believe that it is the highest form of praise. That wanting to be like someone, wanting to reflect who they are as a person or specifically here as, a, as God, is one of the highest ways that we can praise our Father in heaven. And so we were created to resemble God himself by his character And when we attempt to imitate God, when we attempt to live out this scripture and this command, we find out that we cannot do it because we all know we're sinners. And we realize that it is impossible to fully imitate God on our own. But 
And fortunately for us, the book of Ephesians, as well as the latter part of this reverse, reveals the solution to this problem. It states that we can imitate God not only, one, because we are made in His image, but two, because He loves us and because He has made us His children. If you were to look back through the book of Ephesians, especially the first four chapters as well as the rest of the book, you will see that there are many things that we find because of Christ and that we find that we are His children. In chapter 1, we see that, that we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. That we've been redeemed through Christ's blood. That we've been forgiven of our sins. That we've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. That we were once dead in our transgressions, and now we are alive in Christ by grace through faith in chapter 2. We're brought near by the blood of Christ and given peace. We have gained citizenship with the saints and the members of the household of God. We are made for good works. We are saved by grace through faith alone. We are unified in the body of Christ, and we are given a new life. And all of this culminates into the following phrase that we are looking at today. Be imitators of God as beloved children. So the application for us this morning from this passage is that our life must mimic God's. Our life must mimic God's. It must imitate the God who we call Father. It is a command in Scripture. It is not an option as believers. If you are a believer, if you have accepted Christ as Lord, then you are commanded to follow and imitate Him. Now, how exactly do we do this? If we look at the next verse, we see chapter 5, verse 2 says, And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a, favorite, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Point number one, we imitate God because we are His children. Point number two, we imitate God when we walk in love. Paul has commanded the Ephesians to imitate God, and now he explains what this imitation actually looks like. He states that when we imitate God, it results or is seen... By walking in love. This walking imagery is used throughout the book of Ephesians, particularly in Ephesians 4, verse 17. Paul gives us a contrast between the walk of a believer and the walk before Christ. He says, Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And so he gives us here that there are two different paths to life. We have an old way and the futility of our minds, caught up in sin, trapped by our transgressions. But Christ has set us free to walk a different path, a new direction, a new identity, and a new self. And so how does this new walk look? We walk in love by loving others as Christ loves us. When we, when we love Christ and walk like He does, we imitate God in the best way possible. By using this imagery, we see that this is not a stagnant thing that we do in life. It's not a Sunday or a Wednesday process. It is a continual work and action. 
It is taking us in a direction towards God. It is moving us towards his image and his likeness. And when we do this, we imitate him in a way that is active and continuous. It also reveals that the type of love that this is characterized is characterized by sacrifice. It is sacrificial love that is commanded for the believer. It is a dying of self, focusing on Christ and his work in order that we may glorify him, not glorify ourselves anymore. So how did Jesus walk? If we look at the latter part of this verse, Paul clearly states for us that he gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This points back to the Old Testament commandments of sacrificing. And if you were to look at, in Leviticus 1, you would see that these sacrifices covered the sins of the people of Israel. And we see here that this offering that was given was not just an offering that met the standard, but that it was also fragrant, that it was a pleasing aroma to the Father. Sacrifice and offering requires something self being given and something dying in the place of another. And so that's exactly what we preach and what we teach and what we understand is that Christ gave himself for us in our place in order that his blood would become a fragrant offering that would appease God and redeem us from our sins. So God does not save us so that we can keep on living the way that we used to. He does not save us in order that we can continue and walk in the way of our previous status and nature and identity, but he calls us to walk in a way that lives out sacrificial love. So how do we do this? Galatians 5.22 tells us, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Walking in sacrificial love is impossible on our own doing. It is only by the work of Christ and the empowerment of the Spirit that we can live a life that walks in love and loves others as Christ loves us. So, today, the question for us is, Is your life a fragrant offering to God? Is your life a fragrant offering to God? Are you living in a way that the scent of your life is pleasing to the Father? Would God be satisfied with the sacrifices that you are making for Him? Secondly, are you imitating Christ and loving others as Christ loved you and gave himself for you? Are you loving others, loving other believers, and also loving non-believers in a way that reflects the love that Christ has given for you? Or is there something keeping you from loving others the way God has loved you? Is there something in your life, is there a sin, is there something that is keeping you from moving into the direction of being an image bearer for the Father? to imitate Him, and to love like He loves. Romans 12.1 states, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. 
We see here that we are not saved only in a vertical relationship. We're not just saved for God, but we are also saved in a horizontal relationship as a body of believers sitting in this room. So a question for us is, are you someone who is worthy of imitation? 1 Corinthians says that Paul states, imitate me as I imitate Christ. If others look at your life, would they be able to say that you are imitating Christ? That you are someone who is worthy of imitation. And that when they look to you, that they do not see you, but they also see Christ. That your life mimics Him in such a way that when you are out working, when you're spending time with friends, that they will say that Christ lives in you and that you are an image bearer who imitates the Father. Husbands, can your wife imitate you? Are you leading your family and your spouse in a way that if they follow your actions, that they will grow in Christ-likeness? Parents, can your children imitate you? Are you someone who is a father or mother or maybe a grandparent who points them to the greater father? Are, you people who, are we people who our co-workers can imitate Can non-believers in the workplace see your life and realize that something has changed in your life, that you are not your own, that you are an image bearer of the Father, and that you have chosen to live a selfless, sacrificial life? Is your life worthy of imitation? Are you imitating God each day so that when others see your life, they can imitate the Father as well? Growing up, I always wanted to be like my dad. I thought that I wanted an M on my head, and luckily I've changed that, and so far I haven't gotten it. And the shaving thing hasn't worked out very well either. But I did learn what it means to love your wife. I learned what it means to lead your children faithfully and to live a life worthy of imitation. And although it wasn't done perfectly, it pointed me to Christ. And so our challenge today is to live a life that walks in love as Christ loved and rely on God's grace and the work of the Spirit to live a life that is pleasing, holy, and acceptable to God. That is a fragrant and pleasing aroma to the Father because we are His children. We are beloved We must imitate God, and we do this when we love others as Christ loves us. Are you imitating Him? Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning humble, knowing that we fall short. And God, we know that we come here this morning not on our own doing, but by the work of Christ, that we can sit here in this room as brothers and sisters in your name, that we can have the title of beloved children because of who you are and what you have done. God, I pray that we will live out that truth each day, that we will realize that we are not our own. And God, that you have given us a command that it is not an option, that we are to live a life that imitates you because we are your children. And so, God, I pray that our lives and our actions will imitate you and that our lives will be a fragrant and pleasing sacrifice to you. God, if there is something in our life that is keeping us from doing that, God, I pray this morning that you will reveal that to us. 
God, I pray that we will love others as you have loved us, that it will be characterized by sacrifice, not for our own glory, but for yours and yours alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we close this morning,